Hello, welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. Episode 2. We are looking at Season 1, Episode 2, On the Air. Also aired October 31st, 2003. What? Little little double feature. Oh my goodness. First two episodes back to back. On Halloween, no less. Directed by Michael DiCarlo, written by Doug McRobb. This episode shows us the first appearances of uh, Garen Boyajian. I could be saying that wrong. Sorry, Garen. <laughs> and David Rendall as Ed and Ted. Ed and Ted. Ed and Ted. Oh my gosh. The I'm iconic comedy duo. Side note on Ed and Ted, looking at the IMDb page. Ed is in 18 episodes. Ted is in six. What? Yeah. <laughs> is that correct? That's what it says on IMDb. So I okay. think we need we need a tracker. Yeah. No, I think that's wrong because I was trying to find out more about Ted and so looking at this episode's full cast and crew, he's not on there. Oh, shit. So IMDb is wrong. IMDb is wrong. We already know that with the Hugolin debacle, like, they're they're not fully up to date on their information. Give David his credits, IMDb. Yeah. We'll start a petition. <laughs> Give David Rendall his credits. Change.org. Change.org. I mean, change.org has been used for... Worse things. Worse things. Yes. What was there's something weird lately, right? Oh yeah, what was it? Oh, it's bring back so delicious. Oh yeah, someone made a change.org petition to bring back so delicious, the uh, gummy lunch snack from oh, the nineties two thousands. So good. They were so, good. They were so delicious, and believe me, I want them back. I don't think change.org is the platform for it. No, I don't no. think you can put that in the same platform where you fight against human trafficking. No, that's not so delicious. That's not so delicious. <laughs> Want to dive in? Let's dive in. It's all you ever hear. Look like this, think like this, be like this. How do you fight it? We start our own radio station. We keep our identities secret. I don't think we talked in the first episode about how awesome this title sequence is. It's so good, and I like how personalized everybody is. Like, Lily's got, like, hers on, like, a poster, yes. like, as a musician. Ray's, like, a comic that he throws. Yeah. Goofy. Yes. And Travis is on a CD. Robbie's on like a cool like sticker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's on a guitar sticker. God, this like title sequence is legitimately so cool. It's great. It's a great theme, and the intro into it is great too. Oh yeah, like that's as much a part of the song as anything. You're listening to Radio Free Roscoe. Yes, three of our heroes are in the lunch line, and they get like very aggressively shouldered by this guy for like seemingly no reason because he's, 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 he's not from hong kong oh yeah no he doesn't know what's up he can't kill a man in one punch <laughs> no no so he has to shoulder instead of the one inch punch it's like the the how big is the shoulder Mmm, <laughs> delicious have i ever told you that your eyes are as brown and inviting as the pudding you serve Another thing right off the bat that's unrealistic about this high school, he gets a giant fucking cup of pudding. That is like not even restaurant size, like not even proper restaurant size. Like like that is like a full like one of those like old school soda shop cups full of chocolate pudding. So we know that the school's budget is going towards pudding, but not to Petri dishes. Yeah, it's pudding and radio. Yep. That's all this high school is. That's the priorities. I mean, I, I can relate to that. Hey, Ed. Ted, so what do you guys think? Potential? Has to be better than Cougar Radio. 
Ed and Ted. Ed and Ted, baby. Oh my gosh. This is our our introduction to the iconic duo. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Ted has a piece of paper pinned to his shirt that says back in five minutes. Oh, not only is it not, it's not any piece of paper. It looks like a post-it note. Which yeah, is a already post-it sticky. note that he's safety pinned yeah. to his shirt. Yeah. And it immediately gives us a good glimpse into Ted's character mm-hmm. because we know that he's not a man to be bothered. Mm-hmm. Not now. No. Not in five minutes because five minutes could be any time yeah. when you're he's wearing that shirt. He's always back in five minutes. Ed, meanwhile, is wearing like a very classic like short sleeve button down with a sweater vest. And these two are like probably the most consistent in like their uniform of the show. Yeah. Like this is pretty much the style that you see them in throughout. Yeah. Ed is slightly the the more like stereotypically nerdy looking one. But Ted is like computer skate nerdy kind of without being like a yeah. skater. Yeah. Ted's just not really trying. Okay, guys, um, there's one quick change. After I open with my question of the day, Ray, let's flip-flop section one with section three. Robbie rejoins his friends at the lunch table. They're talking about the radio stuff. I am so interested in the beverages they're all drinking. We have a, a bottle of water with the label removed. We have what looks like a Jones soda, but you can kind of see that instead of Jones, it says soda on it, but in Jones-style oh. text. Oh, no. Which is great. But my favorite thing, because it's just so nostalgic, is the Parmalat chocolate milk, which is just like so like grade five milk tears yeah. memories Aww. of like selling milk at school. And it's just, again, it's one of those little sneaky, extremely Canadian things. Very Canadian. <laughs> Do you think anybody at Roscoe High ever won the milk contest? Do you think anybody's milk ever mooed? <gasps> I forgot about that. I forgot about the mooing? Oh my god, yeah, oh people my would like, kind of shake the cartons yeah. to see if it had weight. For anybody who didn't have this, um, a lot of schools had milk programs, and there was a promotion that went on, I'd say at least a few years, um, where there would be, instead of milk in the carton, there would be like a little speaker. Mm-hmm. So if you opened your carton and the speaker went off, the milk would moo, and that would mean that you won a prize. I don't remember what the prize was. No. But everybody would like kind of feel around when they're picking up their milk and see like what felt like liquid and what felt like a speaker that would yeah. moo at you. Yeah. No, 100%. And there so were like good. all these great little prizes you could get. Uh, through milk tears i can't remember it i think he just got them by like buying milk like if yeah. he had like so many milks he would get a prize and i don't i don't think i don't think we were ever like on the buying end of the milk program i think we I was. we oh you were yeah. okay no i was just on the side of hustling the milk to just the just hustling the milk no i i had a milk card um and mom was like you can have you're gonna have white milk every day but you can have chocolate milk on fridays but i got chocolate milk every day oh my god i'm a bad daughter oh my god (laughs) sorry mom oh my god rebellious how how did every kid not just always get chocolate milk i don't know they're better kids than me i guess (laughs) i just want to get it right i don't want people to tune in and think we're a bunch of clowns what is that Beef stroganoff. Got it from NASA. So, crew is hanging out in the cafeteria. They're just eating lunch. Robbie is talking about how he wants to schedule the show. He's getting a little obsessive, yeah. He's getting a little obsessive. He wants it to be very rigid. 
Travis is, for some reason, eating space food. Yep. Because he's weird. He's quirky. He's not like other 14-year-olds. So he's just eaten astronaut beef stroganoff? Yeah, you know, actually, out of all the foods that could be astronaut food, I just, that just sounds so unpleasant. You know what I eat out of a tube is like pierogi filling, like potato and cheese. That's fair. I don't know. What would I eat out of a tube? I would eat like a tube of mashed potatoes. Yeah. Well, I think that's why the pierogi thing works yeah. so well, right? It's, it's just, just basically it's just that potatoes. Yeah. Um, one of my thoughts was a tube of spinach dip, but I don't want to just oh. like do a shot of spinach dip. Yeah. And also be so hot. You need a tube of pitas. <laughs> yeah. You need a little stack of pitas and then like... Like when you get Lunchables and there'd be the sauce pack that you cut open to put yes. on the things. It would be like that, but it'd be spinach Oh, dip. fancy Lunchables. Yeah. Like elevated Lunchables. Just, just portable spinach dip is all I'm asking for. Oh my God. Travis is also wearing the George jacket again. Yeah, he really likes that George jacket. I really like that in a TV show when people, the characters have like staple things that they come back to. Yeah. It's like you feel like a real person that has clothes. Hey, have you guys found your radio names yet? I'm waiting for the universe to reveal it to me. Okay. <laughs> oh, that, that was a that was a good travesty right there. Yep. Yeah. He's fourteen. He's fourteen. Basically, anything that Travis says in the show, you can just follow up with. This boy is fourteen. This boy is fourteen. Help. I was thinking the Rayminator. All right, Ray, Terminator, best of both worlds, huh? How about a uh, Rungus? You know, like Ray and Fungus. It's the best of both worlds. <sighs> We get the official first instances of best of both worlds, two in yeah. a row. We got Raminator and we got Rungus. <laughs> Rungus. It's a good name for like a mangy old cat. Yeah. Yeah, I can see my cat Rungus. Hey, we saw the posters. Nice touch. Yeah. How early did you have to get here? Who said I went home? Is Travis okay? Is Travis okay? Did Travis flee a country by himself at 14? Because he killed a man? Because <laughs> he killed a man? I really like that this show is just turning into Travis Lore. <laughs> Travis Lore! Uh, Travis so strong. Oh, Travis so strong. That's his middle name. Travis. Travis, comma, so strong. <laughs> Why is there a comma when you're reading it that way? <laughs> Yo and hello, cougars. I'm Kim Carlisle, hoping you all remember that your altitude is defined by your attitude. As for your aptitude, all ninth graders are reminded that the career aptitude test being administered next period is mandatory. Did you ever have to take an aptitude test? I did. Um, I believe it was grade eight or nine. I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly. <laughs> That's always a good way to start a sentence. I sure hope that I am, because it seems too ridiculous for me to believe so strongly but i'm pretty sure the number one thing on my aptitude test was magician oh my god (laughs) how i know special effects artist was up there awesome which was like very cool because this was way before i was thinking about doing anything media related Mm -hmm. but i'm pretty sure magician was was number one that's amazing i'm i think magician was somewhere on my list really yeah Damn, I didn't think that they would put magician on an aptitude test. Right? I, don't, I didn't think people would openly tell people to become magicians. Yeah. I thought that was just something that just kind of happened. I think I did mine as like, we we had these days in middle school where it was like once a year, you would have like these kind of like rotating 
sessions happening in various rooms across the school. And you would sign up to do like four of them Mm -hmm. and you would go and you would like learn about a thing and that would be your day instead of doing regular classes. I can dive real deep into that. (laughs) But like some of the other ones, there was one where I learned the difference between uppers and downers. They just like gave us like a whole like lecture about like different kinds of drugs and how you like interact with them. And it was like the only legitimate drug education that we ever got. And it was like this very optional niche thing on this one specific day. Wow. My favorite one. And this is like a perfect like glimpse of um, just weird middle school sex ed. Like you're talking about sex ed and talking about like boundaries between when something becomes sexual versus when it's just like platonic affection or like familial affection. And they had, like, all of these cards of, like, different acts of intimacy. And they would, like, give them to people. And they would... (laughs) The rest of the class had to put us in a line over, like, the progression of intimacy. And then, like, the instructor for it would, like, come up to each person and be like, Okay, now is this something you would do with your family? (laughs) No. (laughs) He would draw the line of when it was something that would be okay to do with your brother. Oh, God! <laughs> and, like, the cards, like, some of them, like, the first ones were, like, holding hands. But they were, like, somebody had to stand there. Like, a 14-year-old, oh, one no. of these kids, oh, no. had to stand at the front of the class. <laughs> oh, no! Like... Holding a sign that said vaginal intercourse. <laughs> Just like up at the front. <laughs> I would not do this with my brother. <laughs> now, I don't want you to think of this as a test. I want you to think of it as a tool. Speaking of tools. So we cut to the aptitude test. I I really like the very like blatant calling Waller a tool. Yeah, like calling somebody a tool feels like... It's not like anything super risque but it definitely feels edgier than like what you call somebody in like a very like disney kind of show so this is kind of like a fun segment of like following ray during the aptitude test trying to cheat off of lily and then he goes over to robbie and he's like "Ooh, mr neat box filler man filling in all the boxes sick burn it's my favorite roast oh it's excellent what are you doing I'm making a donkey. Travis is making a donkey. <laughs> Travis is making a donkey. Oh my god, that's, that's the pick of the episode. That Although, is, it kind of looks more like a unicorn. It's not a great donkey. No, it's really not. It's got hella gut going on. It's it's hella gut. What do you think of radio? Like radio? Huh? We cut to the crew at the shed. School's over now. I guess we'll find out what happens with their aptitude test soon enough. They're just trying to figure out their names. Yeah. I have to note this is a Robbie and Glasses sighting. Yeah. I I was wondering if you remembered seeing him at any other point in the show in Glasses. I Not that I can remember, so we're yeah. going to have to look for it. Yeah. How about Shady Lane? <laughs> yeah, Shady Lane. Great one, Robbie. Considering no one has ever, ever called her that. No, no. It's the song by Pavement, the band. I mean, what's your favorite flower? Is that supposed to prove... What if you don't have a favorite flower? What if you- What if you try ending your sentences without a question mark every time? Question mark? Hmm? So, we now have ex- established names for Lily and Robbie. Yeah, so Lily gets hers from the Pavement song, which inspired her to start playing guitar. 
Robbie gets his because he just can't fucking stop asking questions. Yeah. Like, I love how, yeah, that, how Lily, like, Robbie immediately finds one that's really important and personal to Lily. And it's just like, Ray's just like roasting him. So they go inside the shed and like, everything's rearranged. They've got like a full like audio setup now with like mics and headsets and everything. They've got, okay, there's an orange MacBook there. Yes. And I remember wanting like, there was like that line of mac related products laptops and and desktop computers that were just like these bright colors and i wanted one so badly really yeah yeah because they were so i don't know they were just so pretty they were in like these jewel tones you've always liked like big colorful things yeah def well certainly at that age when i was watching this show i was all about like big bright colors and these jewel tone rounded computers look like the most futuristic thing in like the early 2000s <laughs> well yeah i mean you contrast that with like our home computer oh which yeah was like a windows 98 brick of a dell yeah brick of a dell joke there's a farmer in the dell joke remember when we were kids and we used to come in here and talk in our walkie talkies pretending we were on the radio yeah i think the only people that ever heard us were parents with baby monitors so we get a reference here that again they've been in the shed like using this like shed alley whatever building since they were kids again like but we also get the point that they were playing with their walkie talkies in the same room which is a not the fun of a walkie talkie yeah but b she also says that they were pretending to be on the radio so we kind of get this idea that this was like a little instilled thing that oh. they always thought would be fun, which yeah. is very sweet. That is very sweet. Remember I had walkie-talkies when we you were kids? did. They oh, they were part briefly. of that, like, in that weird sort of niche of kids' toys where it's like, be a spy. I wanted all of the spy you toys. Did. I went through a huge phase of wanting spy toys. Oh, my God. I don't know what I would have done with them. I, I kind of wonder if you didn't grow out of that, if you'd be buying from, like, that, um... There's this one business in London, Ontario that is constantly advertising on like buses and stuff. And it's these giant yellow and black banners that just say things like, cheating spouse, call spy tech. Oh my God. (laughs) I haven't even seen those. No. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah, there's a business here in town called spy tech and apparently they sell all the spy things, but not like the cute, like kid walkie talkies, but like legit, like. How is this legal? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always wanted spy stuff. Like, I I don't think I even wanted them before I got those walkie-talkies. Because I just got those kind of as a surprise Christmas present when we were kids. Yeah. And they were fun. Yeah. Um, I remember getting from a scholastic book order a book of, like, codes. Yes. So you could, like, learn how to write things with codes. And getting, like, some of those, like, markers that you could only see under UV light. Oh, my gosh, Which yeah. I thought were the coolest thing. But I didn't have any friends to do codes with. <laughs> Oh, God. I have friends, but, like, how do you, like, approach somebody and be like, hey, anytime that we write to each other now, we have to follow this specific set of rules for no reason. We don't have any secrets. Yeah. We're 12. We're 12. We're so small. It's a 1947 vibraphone microphone. Hold on tightly. If you drop it on your foot, you will cry. Where the hell is this 14-year-old kid getting all this radio gear from? Why did they move all of this stuff? Like, if, yeah. if he got that transmitter from Istanbul, how did he convince his parents to, like, move it with them? Yeah. What? Where are his parents? <laughs> Where are his parents? Who did he kill? <laughs> Who did, did he kill his parents? Oh, no! Travis! <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is opening up a whole new sector of the lore. Yep. 
I really like the the shift in tone between like talking about how Lily is like so sweet and good and we just want her to be okay and to be confident. Yeah. And Travis is like, no, he full ass killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Not half ass. Full ass. Full ass one punch. Full ass one punch. Can't lose. <laughs> I wasn't touching anything, smirk dog. Smirk dog. Smart. Best of both worlds. Thanks, Ray. The universe has spoken. Smart dog. Smart dog is a very wild insult. Yeah. Would you call it an insult? I I've never heard somebody call somebody smart dog yeah. in any context. But Travis runs with it and he goes, Smart dog. Smog. Best, best of, both of both worlds. Thanks, Ray. The idea is nice. It's like a genuine a moment where Travis is like genuinely trying to connect with this guy who like hates him for no reason. But also, but also- <laughs> you could justify smog in so many other ways. Yeah. I was trying to remember how he landed on smog. I was like, was it a best of both worlds? Because I wouldn't have guessed that it was smart dog nope. if it was. Mm-hmm. And you could have just been like, oh, Travis is like mysterious. Right? You can't see through him. He's like smog. Yeah. That's all you had to do. You talk here. It goes into the preamp here where you might boost the juice a little. Then onto the mixers where I might pitch your voices a bit to make you sound less like you. That's never Which evident in this full entire show. Doesn't. He totally does They not. sound exactly the same. Yeah. It's very obvious who yeah. they are. It's like you know the sailor moon disguise of like they're wearing different clothes and so now you can't tell who they are i do appreciate though if it's just like a little bit of plot armor that like it's implied since travis has said that Mm -hmm. but they don't go to the trouble of like every single time that you're in the station with them and they're on the air you're listening to their voices pitched up because i can understand stylistically that would be like really annoying after a while that's that's very true so yeah we're kind of like suspending our disbelief here in terms of them somehow being anonymized. I'm I'm willing to suspend my disbelief a little bit on this series about 14-year-olds who run a radio <laughs> station out of a shed that they've like lived in for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And that is your countdown clock. To your battle stations. That means it's time for our CanCon commercial break. And this episode we're talking about truly a classic and for me it's one of those series that encapsulates just how weird the content that comes out of this country is it's a show called untalkative bunny it 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 basically follows this silent yellow rabbit who lives in an apartment apparently in ottawa oh and yeah it's this bunny who lives in an apartment does very human-like things his best friend is a squirrel who lives in a tree, even though Bunny lives in an apartment. So I, I don't That's know. a bad friend right there. Yeah. There's this blue emu who like hates him. There's like almost no dialogue mm-hmm. unless there's the occasional other character who's speaking. It's all just like, it's almost, I, I saw there's a site that described it as Mr. Bean-like. The thing is too with Untalkative Bunny, it's set in Ottawa where animals live in apartments, but there are humans as well. And they they just kind of, interact with each other there's this great description of it from ontalkativebunny.com which the url would make you think it's an official site but it's a fan site like oh. the fan wow. site they for really Untalkative went Bunny. got that domain yeah and it says untalkative bunny is set in a canadian town whose population includes humans along with our main company of animals and they mix with not always compatible results 
but no matter who Untalkative Bunny encounters, we are beguiled quietly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't find any clips of the humans for this, but like I think we only ever see parts of people. It's oh, like we'll see okay. like legs and stuff like that. Okay. Um, there aren't like actual human characters. There's no. just humans in the world. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. The characters we focus on are all just like emu and squirrel and mangoose. There's like a mongoose who tries to eat Untalkative Bunny at one oh, point. Do you right. remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And um uh show was created by Graham Falk, who one of his most recent credits was he did story work for Adventure Time. So he's oh, still working in animation and gotcha. weird animation. So that's kind of cool. How much do you think it would have cost to make Untalkative Bunny? Oh no. Oh boy. It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. How much? Okay. Here's a he, this is from a 2002 article from Animation World Network. Despite its current success, Untalkative Bunny created a lot of financial problems at Dynamite and thereby generated a lot of bad word of mouth locally. The 4.2 million dollar series <laughs> oh, was, my God. was made with virtually no cash flow at the studio, forcing many of the animators and a number of creditors to go months without pay. Uh, so the the fan site untalkativebunny.com I highly recommend it's an excellent resource of untalkative bunny things including uh, it has some fan art including somebody got a tattoo of the untalkative bunny are you kidding nope nope somebody got a tattoo of the untalkative bunny it looks really good but it's just like that's about as niche as you can get well and this this is not to insult any of the animators or illustrators but there are so many frames that you can pull from Untalkative Bunny where he's just making the ugliest faces. Oh, it's true. It's a very memeable show. Yeah, so the fan site has fan art. It also has a German episode guide for Bunny Next Door, which is what oh. it was called in Germany. Amazing. Uh, 32 by 32 Windows icon. Oh. If, if you still want, if you still use icons on your windows. I mean, I will now. Yeah. And it also has, this is great. So apparently... Untalkative Bunny appeared as TV Guide celebrity chef some time ago. So this is this. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they had like some celebrity chef segment in TV Guide, and that was Untalkative Bunny. What? And this is the this is the blurb that they put in it. A creation from Ottawa's Dynamite Cartoons. Untalkative Bunny is a kind-hearted tune. In one episode, Bunny saves a chocolate bunny from a pastry shop. The last scene is Untalkative Bunny having tea with his chocolate bunny, explains Dynamite CEO Diane Craig. She adds, the chocolate bunny has become his friend. Since people generally enjoy chocolate for its taste and not its company, here's a recipe for some scrumptious Easter treats sure to be a hit in, her, in your home. And it includes recipes for chocolate Easter eggs and chocolate shortbread. And this fan site has the recipes. So you know I'm going to make Untalkative Bunny chocolate shortbread at some point. Isn't that bizarre? Why? I just love it. Why would they do that? I just love it. It's so it's so good. That's absolutely wild. Yeah. And those will definitely feature at our Easter celebrations this yeah. year. We'll, we'll do an episode where we audibly eat them. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. We'll do ASMR mukbang Untalkative Bunny. Yeah, that's Untalkative Bunny. I can't believe you didn't talk about Friendly Friend. Oh, God. How did I not talk about Friendly Friend? That's the one 
That's like the searing episode of Untalkative Bunny that's burned into my brain. Yeah. Bunny's like at a park and this pink blob like shows up in his life and all it says is like friendly follows the bunny around and it's like a very like cat came back situation where he needs to get rid of this friend that was a weird episode yeah and like friend follows bunny to to their apartment and is like hugging everything yeah Ooh, radio hug radio and he would do that with everything and yeah. it was terrifying yeah it was terrifying. Yeah. Like, it was supposed to be cute, but no. It's just really creepy. But yeah, that's Untalkative Bunny. Are we famous yet? Cut back to... This is them, like, prepping for the show, right? Yes. So we get a cute little montage yes. of everybody prepping, looking through CDs, Playing getting ready knobs. to be on the radio for the very first time. Blowing on the microphone. Travis is fiddling with the mixer. Ray's combing his hair even though he's on the radio. <laughs> what about Ray's radio name? Huh. Um. Pronto. The opposite of what you really are. Because you always, always wait till the last second. <laughs> yeah, so Ray is the last person to get his radio name. Robbie names him Pronto, Pronto. because he procrastinates like crazy. Yeah. He's a lazy boy. Robbie just dunks on him. Yeah, I mean, like, that's how Robbie got his name. That's how Travis got his name. Yeah. Well, he's the only one who's got, like, a nice origin story. Yeah. Everyone else is just, like, boys dunks. roasting boys. Just boys. Boys would be boys. Is anybody out there? Anybody? This is Radio Free Roscoe, your one-watt beacon of uncertainty shining through the radio smog so we get the very first broadcast of rfr it goes poorly yeah they all kind of choke ray's not exactly jazzed about robbie's attempt at introspection so ray kind of goes off tries to do a bit robbie's not impressed kicks it over to lily lily fumbles on the guitar breaks a string breaks a string it's not a great time it's not a great first show we get a cool shot of Travis putting a needle on a record so that they can play a song to cover. And the radio. I, I'd forgotten how cool, like I love, Robbie has this awesome, I think Robbie's setup is my favorite because he's got these like chonky brown headphones and this gold microphone yeah. as his like setup. This isn't us just sitting around and goofing off. This is supposed to be real radio. Oh, is that what it is? Little Miss whistling in the, uh, wait! Travis. Okay, so Lily turns to Travis for his opinion of how the show went, and he has a chalkboard drawing of a tombstone that says RFR on it. How long has he been drawing that? Did he have it, like, ready to go? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there are so many other ways that you could do it. That's just being a dick. Yeah. It's just, ooh, this didn't work. I'm gonna rub it in everybody's face. Yeah. Have you heard anybody talking about us? Has there been any buzz about us in the girls' bathroom? Why do guys think that the girls' bathroom is this hot bed of intrigue? Okay, this scene is great. They're walking down the hallway. I don't think Travis knows how to walk. <laughs> he's doing this really weird, like, far too obvious, like, he's trying not to walk too fast for the camera's sake. But oh. he's got this, like, really awkward little shuffle where he's just kind of slowly, like, schlumping one leg in oh, front of the other. Like, he's very uncomfortable. I think in general between this 
episode and the last episode, Travis as a character just doesn't really know how to walk to fit the situation. <laughs> hey, did you guys happen to check out that RFR thing last night? Or Don't get me started. That bad? Stank factor 11. Maybe 12. I want a breakdown of Ed and Ted's stank factor criteria. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want like a full list. Maybe that's something that you and I have to develop. Yeah. Is our own stank factor. Yeah. It like starts at 11 at least from what we know like like what is a stank factor one like they have like what's what's like this like tiny little stank what's a tiny stank in this in their world i i love the ed and ted dynamic you know Mm -hmm. you got some some real supportive best friends here yeah um so they give their critiques on rfr they were not fans they say it was stank factor 11 maybe 12 oh man really not feeling it um ted goes off and he's like they want to be real radio but let me tell you something about real radio just because it's on the radio doesn't mean it's radio radio to which ed responds you just said radio four times in one (laughs) sentence and ted says record oh my god yes these i i want that's another thing i want i want just like a couple of ed and ted compendium stank factor and what are all their records that they keep (laughs) Like, if the number of times you say radio in a sentence is a record, what else are you recording? Well, yeah, and it wasn't even, like, Ted knew himself that that was a personal record. It was the fact that Ed knew oh, that Ed's that was his record. Ed's the record keeper. I bought into this whole Spider-Man Peter Parker trip, A, because I got some deep personal problems, and B, because who doesn't want to be Spider-Man, right? Okay, we need to talk about <laughs> about a travesty here. So they're all talking about, like, secret identities, and Ray's talking about, like, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and, like, one or wanting to feel like Spider-Man, but just feeling like Peter Parker. And Travis says... By day, he's Peter Parker. But by night, he's Peter Parker. He does this weird, like, closed-eye little, like, swivelly head thing. He's Peter Parker. This is question mark, and I'm wondering, why, oh, why do they let Pronto handle the flamethrower truth they know what's gonna happen (laughs) oh that felt great brutal so they try and go like the shock jock route yeah so we we gotta talk about a lot of stuff here yeah so they do second episode of rfr they go a different route they try to go shock jock it's very hacky very sound effects based it's also not great um one of my major qualms so Travis is seen, the whole bit is that Pronto has the flamethrower of truth that he's like using to burn up everything he doesn't like. Uh, Travis is doing like the whole kind of bit on the side, controlling the sound effects, except he's not like pressing a button that has like one sound effect on it. He's turning a dial up and down, which makes me think that there's just one long, continuous flamethrower yep. sound yep. that he's, like, turning up and down. Also, why does he have that sound effect ready? And we also get, to our point of the show having very confusing timelines, we get a very clear shot of Ed and Ted At in the school, school, listening on a big old boombox. Yeah. Where are these kids? I know. Why are they at school? Why are they constantly at school? Because, I mean, we have to establish that this is after school. Yes. What are they doing? Why did they bring the boombox? Did they bring the boombox with them and keep it in their locker? Yo, and hello, cougars. It seems like Kim has a little competition. So, guys, if you're listening, let me take your little radio hopes and dreams and apply my own flamethrower of truth. So, it's another day in the cafeteria. 
another day, another shoulder. They go to have lunch after feeling kind of defeated again. And Kim Carlisle acknowledges their presence. And she has her own flamethrower of truth sound effect, which much more reasonably seems to be a button <laughs> instead of a dial. Yeah. And it's also just a cougar. It's yeah. It's a cougar sound effect. It's true. Which she would reasonably have. Yeah. I wonder, can you trade them like MP3 files? Or trade them four MP3 files? Look, I'll give you a career in trucking for two Bon Jovi songs and anything by Linkin Park. MP3 files. They're talking about trading their career aptitude test for MP3 files. Ah! ah! The days of having an MP3 player. Oh, 2000s. Yes. Powered by a single AAA battery. Yes. I remember having one for so long that was AAA battery, 512 megabytes. Sand disc. Sand disc. So should we open them before or after the show? Let's open them now. Suddenly, any future's looking better than this one. So our heroes start talking about their career aptitude tests while Sneaky Travis puts them on the air. So everybody's listening along and Lily starts singing this little song and we cut away to like a couple of things. We cut away to Mickey kind of nodding and we cut away to this like these people in a car <laughs> and like there's just this girl talking to this guy. She just kind of points at the radio and is like, it's good. <laughs> it's, one of my it's, favorite it's a really shots. great shot. It is. They're not even hanging out in the car. No. She's just got the car door open. Yeah. And she points to the radio and goes, it's good. Also, interesting that like Mickey's discs, which is a, a music yeah. outlet, would opt to continually listen to this like group of like very clearly high schoolers considering they're talking like all they've talked about is like Principal Waller yeah. and like, aptitude tests. Like they're very obviously in high school. Yeah. This is an owner of a, an establishment. He has so many options for music <laughs> in his own store. And yes. he's listening to these, like, shitty 14-year-olds. <laughs> That's a real friend. Yeah. Thanks, Mickey. So uh, we get the results of the crew's aptitude tests. So Ray gets dentist. Robbie gets farmer. Farmer. Which is very interesting. Yeah. Like, from what we know of Robbie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, and also just for the structure of something like this. Yeah. You know, most of the careers that an aptitude test would push you towards are much more urban industries. Yeah, that's so true. So that, to, like yeah. be told, like, go be a farmer, which is a very different skill set than, yeah. than what you would get from any of this like traditional education. And often kind of like a legacy job. Yeah. 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 It's just kind of like. You know, there's farming in your family, so you do it. I think we've already kind of um, undermined the legitimacy of aptitude tests by the mere fact that magician could be, like, a top choice. I mean, maybe it's just a sign that I haven't hit my peak yet. Oh, that's true. This is the feeling of being in my 20s, is just trying to figure out the path of getting to be a magician. Yeah. Could be. Um, Lily gets musician, which she is not happy about because she doesn't want it to be her career, yeah. technically. And Travis gets lawyer, which he's upset about because as he says... I mean, that's not even donkey related. Travis, we love you. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> Should we be talking about this on the air? Would people be interested? So, uh, Robbie is confused about why the phone's ringing because of course nobody knew that they were on the air until this moment so we get that reveal from travis who has said that they've been on the the air for a few minutes to which ray responds 
You cheese plug, huh? I, all I can think of is like when you're grating a block of cheese and you get the little nubbin. That's at the like end. the best part. Yeah. That's that's not an insult. It's, it's not a an insult. Cheese nubbin. Little okay, nubbin. Google, what's a cheese plug? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Urban Dictionary. Uh oh. Nope, don't want to talk about that. Oh no! <laughs> it's okay, it's just about poops. Guys, I'm using up all my anytime minutes. They're, they're talking to this caller and they keep putting him on hold because they're also trying to get mad at Travis. And he says, guys, I'm using up all my anytime minutes. And he says it just like that. Yeah. Like he emphasizes anytime. Because you knew if you had anytime minutes, those were like the primo minutes. Cause, yeah. Because, you know, you didn't have to wait until evenings or weekends. Oh, gosh. Although when you're a teen, like you're not calling anybody during the day. Unless it's your mom. It's, it's just a show of status that you have anytime minutes. <laughs> You have friends that aren't your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends that aren't my mother and I have any time minutes. <laughs> and I'm calling this radio station to say I agree. <laughs> uh, so they, they get off the phone with the first caller who is griping in agreement with, uh, with their stance on the aptitude test. They then get a call from Ed and Ted. Ed asks, what happens if you don't have aptitude for anything? Which makes me really worried about his test results. I know. Did he just, was it just blank? Right? Wait, what do you think Ed's career aptitude was? Oh, man. Record keeping. <laughs> yeah. 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 Something very, like, administrative. Yeah, I administrative. See. Databases. Yeah. I know these tests are supposed to help us find ourselves, but here at RFR, we'd rather spend our time getting lost. If you don't know where you're going either, take us along for the ride. You can drive. We'll bring the snacks. Beaut. So we end on RFR finally thriving, getting calls from people in the community. Yes. Travis looking on smugly. Yes. He looks so smug. He's like, it's I one of Travis's this. main expressions. He is smug boy. Smug boy. Over in Mickey's Discs, songs featured in this episode are Da Empire, like vampire, but like the empire all split up, by uh, Knights of Bass. Alive by the Beastie Boys, Venus by the High Planets, Sky So Blue by the Rocket Summer, which is the first song that RFR plays on their station. It's the first diegetic song that we got. Oh, damn. Uh, Hollywood Sound by Blue Pocket and Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So the track we're going to talk about for this episode, um, after in the previous episode, I went on and on about Canadian indie music is actually by an American artist. It's the Rocket Summer with Sky So Blue. The Rocket Summer, I feel like, is one of those those music names that was just... You heard it a lot in the sort of mid to late 2000s. Big on, like, the AP tour, Alternative Press. Do you remember Alternative Press at all? I feel like I would read it a lot for My Chemical Romance articles. Yeah, I remember at least looking at, like, the covers when, like... I feel like whenever we would go to chapters when, when we were young, you and I would just hang out at the magazines. Yes. And you would look at Alternative Press, yeah. and I would buy M Magazine. M. And I had a stack of, like, 30 M Magazines in the basement. I that remember I would read that. For fun. Partially because I liked pretending that I had a salon, so I liked having a selection of magazines ready for all of the patrons of my salon i never knew this yeah that's that so sweet that's why i liked having that i like you remember um we went to the dollar store one time and we were allowed to pick something out and i picked out a roll of tickets because i like to pretend that i was like hosting things for people oh my god yeah <laughs> that is so cute i never knew this is it 
I can't remember if it was M or Bop or Tiger Beat. It was like one of those magazines. But you and I were looking through it one time, and in the middle of the magazine, there was like um, a <gasps> backlog. Noticed. It was showing like all the previous issues from the past year. And this was like kind of at the end of Jesse McCartney's popularity. Yeah. So it was like you saw the one from like a year prior to that issue, and his head was like so big on the cover. Mm-hmm. And then as it got like more and more recent, you saw his head just like slowly diminish. Yeah. And it was so sad, yeah. but so funny. The symbolic shrinking of oh. his of his limelight. Um, but the rocket's not <laughs> <laughs> So Sky is So Blue is off of Calendar Days, which is actually the first full-length album from the Rocket Summer that was released in 2003. Um, so pretty much right when RFR came out, or this was released a few months before RFR came out. And it really kind of shows how kind of on the ball these four kids are. I mean, they're kind of like on the latest indie wave of cool musicians and stuff, I guess. And uh, yeah, first actual song to be played on the radio, uh, the Radio Free Roscoe show. Well, that's our second episode of RFR and PFR. (laughs) Oh, it sounds awful when you say PFR. Oh, no. (laughs) Podcast Free Roscoe. No acronym. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm excited to dive more into Travis Lore, find out who he killed <laughs> find out ed and ted's rating system yep. or, and their, their stink factor and also if robbie ever wears glasses again yeah because i feel like he doesn't very important notable character trait. Yeah. thanks thanks for tuning in out out there i feel like i should be doing like a robbie mcgrath style like <laughs> T- take us along the way take take us for take us uh, yeah. i know you're out there on the bus <laughs> just trying to get to work in the morning Why don't you take us with you? This is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off. (laughs) 